Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Darn your socks! It's time for Most Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guide, Brent White. I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com. And this week, I am joined once again by Ben Regeeb. Hello, Ben! Hi, Brett. What up? Hello. Um, you are now the most frequented guest on the show. Wait, I'm the first person ever to come back? No, you're, you've been on three. Because you're on the experiment episode. Oh, that's the, right. The old television. That's a cheat. <laughs> experiment number one. Yeah. So no, you're still, you're tied with. Mujan's been on twice. Winston's been on twice. Matt Little's been on twice. Uh, Chris, Crystal Beth has been on twice. It's at the the three timer club is when we get the jackets, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I should do that. <laughs> don't give me don't give me elaborate ideas that are. All right, wait. Make it a five timer. Like, if you're gonna actually make merchandise, it should be a five timer jacket, yeah, yeah, like yeah. on SNL. Uh, but yeah, this is an episode that you had a lot more, um, control over because we're doing a thing that you gave me a thing for, but let's talk about it right after I do this, this week. We're traveling to generally 1954-ish, um, <laughs> Rear Window ruled the box office, Mr. Sandman by the Cordettes topped the charts, and Life with Elizabeth aired in syndication. Ben, you must have seen Life with Elizabeth before today. No, no, no. You'd well, seen you'd seen I, more than I had. I watched I I watched a little bit of this DVD before I uh, before I before I gave it to you. Yeah, does this ruin it? I think the episode we watched was in 1953. Oh god, but October, very late. Okay, whatever. Uh, so yeah, every if ever if, if, everything's going to sound a little bit more discombobulated than usual because we're doing a show that you can't find out anything about <laughs> online. We are basically discovering. We're, we're basically like uncovering facts while recording this. Because Life with Elizabeth is a syndicated show starring Betty White. It was her f- one of her first, maybe her first, like, big TV role. Uh, she was the lead of the show and also was a producer on the show. I think she, like, she's... Oh. I think she is in the history books as being the first woman to ever produce a TV show. Hmm. Um, because she was producer on Life with Elizabeth. It ran in syndication for 65 episodes. It was, like, three seasons, or, like... Two seasons, 60-ish episodes. On IMDb, it has season one, season two, and season question mark. Is it, which is that in 2016? Uh, because it lists it as airing from 1953 to 2016. Oh, yeah, for 2016. So like 2016. Someone, some user <clears throat> on IMDb goofed that up. Um, but it is, it's it's lost to time in a lot of ways. Uh, you found a DVD. So I, found, so I was at a dollar store. Mm-hmm. 
buying stuff at a dollar store. I don't remember at this point. Uh, yeah, and I was rooting through the, the dollar store DVDs, and I saw this, and I know you love Betty White. You know me. And I know your mission is to do sitcoms of the 20th century, mm-hmm. and this is pretty early 20th century, and so I thought you would get a kick out of it. Yeah, oh, I should have thought to look in the big, the great TV sitcom book for Life with Elizabeth, actually. I should have done that. Well, while you look it up, I'll tell you. The other thing... Keep one of the telling reasons... the origin story of this DVD that is on my ottoman right now. Yeah, well, one of the one of the other reasons I thought was interesting, and I picked it up, is because you'd been talking about the whole idea of A-plots and B-plots and how, like, the whole, like, mul- like you know, having a B-plot was kind of like a very recent development. And this is kind of an interesting show because it is a three-plot, separate plot show. Like, it's a sketch show. It's I mean, kind of a sketch yeah. show. Yeah, it's 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 very, very weird. Yeah, so here is the... Um, oh. Here's the entry on, on Life with Elizabeth in the big TV sitcom book, which uh, listeners to... This year's uh, episodes uh, will recognize from the end of the episode when we will read, uh, we will pull from this, do a little bit of a talk at the end. But So its entry on Life with Elizabeth in the 1953-1954 season section is just, uh, long before she played bittersweet Sue Ann Nibbins on the Mary Tyler Moore show, Betty White starred as Elizabeth White, a sweet, sweet, young married I like when married was just a noun. She was a married. She was a young married. She was married. She and her TV husband Alvin, played by Del Moore, played a San Francisco couple trying to survive the first difficult years of marriage. In 1955, the Dumont Network canceled both their marriage and this show. What? So what? I... What? That's so hard. Why? Yeah. yeah uh, Rick Mitz, the author of this, has a tood, and it's pretty great. I love... It's like... What does that mean? Like, they wrote a letter and was like, yeah, the show's been canceled. And also, you can't the couple's been broken up. Like, <laughs> By the for way. fans who were curious, they're no longer married. <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it was also maybe on the Dumont Network, or maybe that was... So the Dumont Network was the fourth network that failed uh, early on. Huh. Um, we talked about this a lot in, I think, the Isle of Lucy episode that I did with Ramsey S., mm-hmm. uh, where the, maybe even an earlier one, um, the Dumont was the fourth network, and it was most notable for having, I think, the Honeymooners It aired on Dumont, and Honeymooners is the oh. only show that survived from Dumont Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Wikipedia says this aired in syndication, and, uh, and uh, syndication was its undoing, because even though it only ran for... 30 episodes? Let me look that. Let me get the Wikipedia page pulled up because... 30 episodes is IMDb. Yeah. Life with Elizabeth. Uh, 65. So yeah, two seasons, 65 episodes. That makes sense because 65 is the number that cartoons shoot for. Uh And cartoons are always like... It's so that you could run it five days a week for 12 weeks. Okay. Yeah. Right? It's five times 12 is 65. No, five, five times 13 is 65. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, math. Um, so, yeah, it ran for 65 episodes. Only in, IMDb only has 30 of them cataloged. We don't have air dates for any of them or even really titles. There are some titles on there. There's... So you don't trust the one. The one that we watched is yes. on IMDb. What does it say? Uh, it just says Shutterbug Alvin slash Honeymoon's Over uh-huh. slash Sick Bay. Yep. October 28th, 1953. Oh, man, I wish I had known that beforehand. But again, the DVD I have has no information about the episodes. We watched, as far as we know, episode two. That's what we thought it was. Two two from the collection, yes. Fourth 
If IMDb is correct, this is the fourth episode. Fourth ever. episode, second of the. So the DVD itself is just one of those. Um, uh, the DVDs you would find at the dollar store where it's everything's public domain. Uh, it, it wouldn't be though. Yeah, this is public domain. No, it's not. Yes, it. Well, it says on again on Wikipedia. Here is the episode where I just read Wikipedia into the microphone. Um, so, because this blah, 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 um, since the series entered the public domain and has been released in volumes of budget DVD releases, that's all it says. Hmm. It's over 50 years old, so. Yeah, but that's And not... also the network that was unfolded, so I'm sure, like, the rights are just kind of Well, so that's nebulous. the thing, it might be the rights are nebulous, but yeah. it wouldn't actually fall out of copyright, uh, because Steamboat Willie is... Steamboat Willie is yeah. the metric for what's under copyright because every yeah. time it comes close to fall to to expiring, uh, Disney arrives in Washington with bags of money, yeah. and the law changes. So does that only does that only apply to Disney stuff or like or is everything falling to the no 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 they they extended oh so they extend the duration of copyright but it may have it may I don't know it gets confusing and it's probably not interesting and we probably shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> just be guessing. Well, no, but like, but yeah. I, I mean, like, I, 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 I have, I'd be happy to nerd out and look that up. Because please get our, uh, please get all your legal advice from this podcast. Public domain is actually kind of weird because basically things are copyrighted by default when they're created. Um, mm. Like, there's a lot of like mythology that says you have to like mail a thing to yourself so it gets a postmark or whatever. You don't have to do any of that. Once you create something by default, you own it if it is copyrightable. Uh, you know, ultimately you have to like defend it in court if you really care, but like. It's copyrighted by default, and then the law basically says after, uh, after some set amount of time, which is usually kind of depending on the work. It used to be fifty years, but now it's not. It's the it's life of creator plus mm. some amount of time. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and it used to be. It, I remember it was extended in in the uh, late nineties because I was in high school and was very uh, wrapped up in the uh, the case that went to the Supreme Court. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's the origin of this um, weird DVD that we watched this on. Uh, we're really diving into the, the deep end. Um, so let's get into... So cue the heart music. This week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about Life with Elizabeth. Uh, it was written by We Have No Idea and directed by We Have No Idea. And Ben just told us the title of the episode, so... Well, there's a... There's a oh, there's writers... What do, you, what do you have on there? On IMDb, it's written by George Tibbles and Milt Kahn. Okay, good. We're credited. George Tibbles is also the creator of the show, so that makes sense. Uh, directed by Duke Goldstone. Ooh. So that so we're again we're piecing together what we know about the show together in tandem while we're doing the show. So this is kind of like well, here's this we, is testing to see how strong my podcast format is. Let's <laughs> let's disappoint the people who only listen to hear about the metadata yeah and let's talk about the actual show <laughs> yeah um so the whole reason they'll get this show which the dvd box clearly states is it's great fun great laughs betty white <laughs> that's why you get it is for betty white and if you're wanting to see some old betty white well this is where you go that basically yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> like it was, it was pretty good uh and she was the star and I mean, she was... is the star she produced it star also great in it as good as one can be in it so let's talk about, I guess let's talk about the episode. As we said, it is, basically it's three, like, seven to eight minute sketches, essentially. Mm-hmm. Segments. That is introduced by a narrator. Was it Jack Nars? 
What's his name? Yeah, Jack Nars is is the, the name. The I show don't think, literally. I don't has think he a host. says. He yeah. doesn't say his name. Yeah. No, it's like it. I I have to wonder if young Rod Serling saw this Maybe, and yeah. ripped this for Twilight Zone because it is a guy in a suit who's in front like of a curtain, like yeah. we as we find out at the end of the show, talking to an audience because the camera cuts to show the audience at the end of it. I was like, that's so wild. It's basically, This is basically like an SNL kind of thing. I mean, Betty White even comes up the, out at the end to say goodbye. Which is yeah, that was, that, what was crazy about that was he was like, at the, yeah, at the very end he's like, uh, hey, everyone, stay tuned. Like, you assume there are commercials there, right? Yeah. So he's like, Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. And in just a moment, Betty White will return to say goodbye. And now, here to say goodbye to you is the lovely star of our show, Betty White. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Come on back and see us again, will you? And until next time, once more, goodbye, everybody. And that's the end. Like, and then they the audience. That's it's it. not even like They're not no even credits. like a final thought or something like no, yeah. some quote or something. It's just like. Hey, I came out. Goodbye. It's like, like you know, in 1953, viewers did not have object permanence. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like trying to assure them, this is Betty White. Betty White is playing a character it's... named Elizabeth. Like they're very. Which, if you look at what this is, which is a sitcom in like one of the earliest years of sitcoms, it makes me wonder if there was like you know roads in a snowy wood or whatever. <laughs> and so like there's like the inciting sitcom incident, which I want to watch the first sitcom. And so at this point, like, I Love Lucy is in season one or two, so it's going that way. I Love Lucy, we still recognize as a sitcom. Like, we can see I Love Lucy map it onto shows that still air today. Like, it's still very similar. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, which is also a sitcom, but it's three truncated, like, sketches with a host. And there's no, like, overarching plot. There's no, like, stakes. Theoretically, you would assume there's probably no continuity from episode to episode, really. Like, there's probably not, like, ongoing plot lines. Because there aren't even ongoing plot lines from sketch to sketch. It even jumps around in time. Because the second one, they say, like, takes place in the first three months of their marriage. Oh, right. Yeah. It makes a big deal out of calling her Elizabeth. Yes, and she's like, well, um, so it's very interesting to see, like, is, was there a weird diversion, like, a divert point or whatever where sitcoms could have gone in this direction did this show work in 1953 because people did not really like the what a sitcom was was not set in stone yet they could just kind of do whatever like tv was still young it was like oh it's people standing on a tv and talking to us with sound Ooh, like well i think so i know i don't know a ton about sort of early 20th century stage shows and vaudeville right but vaudeville's like that's the that's what informed a lot of yes. tell basically right you start with like oh okay we have this way to like send pictures what do we do well we do what we did on stage and yeah. we just do it in front of the camera instead and that's what this really looks like yeah this felt very much like like that like like stage kind of acts yeah and it makes it makes i love lucy we're i'm, I'm we're going to be bringing up i love lucy a lot i'm assuming because that's my main point of comparison and also they're contemporaries it's also so wacky to think of Betty White as a contemporary of Lucille Ball. Oh. Like, yeah. that's the other... Like, people don't realize Betty White is one of the first people that was ever put on television. Like, and she was a radio star before that. She goes that far back. Uh, I mean, she's in her 90s now. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, so it is interesting to see just how... This, this makes I Love Lucy seem even more radical and revolutionary than I've hyped it up as being... Uh, for one thing, as I talked about in the episode with uh, Ramsey, I do believe, 
uh, from like three or four weeks ago, I Love Lucy was shot on film. And so when you watch I Love Lucy on like Hulu, it still looks comparatively high def. Like mm. it looks nice. Um, whereas this is, I'm assuming probably a kinescope, which is when they would have like the monitor on set playing back the live feedback and they had a camera on the monitor recording it. Right. So that's because it doesn't look good. Like it's very scratchy and like, it yeah. also might be just like, no one was taking care of life, life with Elizabeth. Even if it was on film, it's probably degraded and ain't no one going in there and dusting it off. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, this definitely isn't, this is not the Criterion no. version <laughs> of, of Life with Elizabeth. Six numbered episodes with no titles and no credits. It was good though. It wasn't distracting. No. So, yeah, no, it was still totally, like, watchable. I mean, it looked as good as, like, an episode of Webster. Dunk on Webster. I wonder, though, now that you mention it, that maybe these six, the, the reason we have these six episodes as opposed to any others are that they were, like, in the best condition. Oh, maybe. That might be why they chose them. Because a lot of those things are just lost. Mm. Uh, like, all the Maury, Dan- Maury Amsterdam show is lost, which is heartbreaking. Mm. So, let's talk. The, so, the first sketch, after we get, like, the harp intro, which is just hands playing a harp. That's the theme song. It's just some harp mm-hmm. jingle jangling. <laughs> That's what harps do. They jingle jangle. Then we have Jack Nars saying, like, here's here they are. Here's an incident. For our first incident in the life of Elizabeth, why don't we see what she and Alvin are doing at this very moment? Yeah, they're incidents. <laughs> I like they're that called, they, they're not yeah. called sketches. They're, not, they're called incidents. Which makes it sound like there's like a toxic spill that Elizabeth and Alvin are going to be cleaning up or something. They're going. Uh, they're going to investigate uh, Thor's hammer or something. Uh, so the first one is what well, it's called, like Shutterbug, Shutterbug Alvin, or Alvin the Shutterbug. Yeah, uh, it's just he's. There's a competition in the magazine for taking photos, mm-hmm. and so he's just like taking out your photos. That's it. That's basically Take, yeah, it. taking it. And yeah, no, and it was it it, it it felt very much like a stage act, and that the whole thing was he's. The only the thing motivating it is he's taking photos for some magazine competition or something like that, and he was like, "I'm gonna." They have a whole bunch of categories, and his plan is to enter every category. Yeah, which is a nice excuse for doing a whole bunch of different, uh, like you know, he's taking like Whistler profile photos. Yeah, of her first of Liz darning socks. You're right, and then there's photo, and then he's like, "Oh, there's still life," and I'm trying to do a candid shot and whatever. And so it's like it's and it's it's like this. It just motivates like them moving around the space mm-hmm. and doing different things. That weird one room and trying to set up jokes. That like the set is just a room, like it, and it has Did like it a table weird? in it. It was, like yeah. a, it was like a room in a house, right? Yeah. Well, it seems like it's the kind of room that would be just off of like a patio or something, like an indoor. Hmm. But it's like it had like a chair. Uh, was there a door? And then it had like a table. It was, it was too small to be a living room, but it had like it was not noticeably a kitchen or a bedroom. It could have just been the end of the living room. It was. Yeah. It was notably. Wait, was it a different room? It was different rooms each each yeah. incident. Yeah, that's yeah. Each incident was in a different room, and I, I can't really map how they would all connect. There's no sense of space. But that's all stuff that I love, Lucy. Uh, I guess pioneered in a way um so yeah it's just them doing a whole bunch of different camera things i mean he gets out i, I there's nothing really to talk about <laughs> it's the thing i'm discovering uh nothing just, to talk about i mean no in this like in this one he's just taking a bunch of pictures it's funny i'm trying to think of whether any i wrote that liz is feeling herself because this is our liz is feeling herself elizabeth yeah is yeah. feeling herself okay. but she like betty white her entire character is just, like, making jokes and then laughing at them. 
Like, yeah. she's feeling herself. She thinks she is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting <laughs> to me. Yeah, no. Because that's not really what sitcom characters do. They'll say a joke and, like, let it land. But she's, like, there to laugh along with the audience. No, in fact, I thought, it, like, there was there was something really unusual about it. It was a scene between two people who were doing something kind of mundane. And the jokes were, like, they were... Like, she was making she was making jokes and was like, ha-ha, I made a joke. Yeah. As opposed to, I feel like, what's, what's sort of a standard sitcom thing now is that you have people maybe doing crazier things. Or if nothing else, like, they'll say the jokes, but within the scene, they're not... They're not funny. It's not a joke. No one's laughing at it. It's not, it's not that it's not funny, right? But it's sort of like, in, in, a, in a sort of contemporary show... I'd say something clever, and the audience would laugh, or the laugh track would go, but no one in the scene yeah. was, like, reacting like someone told a joke. Yeah. But this felt more like real people hanging out, in yeah. the sense that, like, yeah, she said something, and... He would always like, roll his eyes, or, like, he would have a comeback for her. Like, the per- like the, the most perfect thing that just felt so alien, but, like, honestly seemed more real, was, like, in the third one, where he's, uh... What was it? He's got Novocaine... He's like right, his face is kind of numb because he's from the back from the dentist, and he's had the Novocaine, and he's like, "I'm sorry, oh, I didn't feel your kiss." <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Sturridge. How are you? Well, don't I get my kiss? Sweetheart, I just kissed you. Alvin, what happened to your face? Oh, no wonder I didn't feel your kiss. I'm dead from the neck up. <laughs> I know that, honey, but what happened to your face? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm only <laughs> And actually, that's sweet, right? That's like kind of what would actually happen exactly. if you were joking around. I, I wrote that him. line down because like, that was maybe like the cool. That was like the coolest line of the entire show. Yeah. It was her like delivery of that. It was very Betty White. Um, the, there's a moment where he's trying to take photos of her, and every time he like goes behind the camera, she makes a face at him. And he, she does it three times, and he finally, like, pops back up, and he he catches her making the face. He thinks there's something wrong with, like, the viewfinder or whatever. Like, what? not, it's also funny, because you're seeing, I don't think, like, he doesn't use cameras, because he has, okay, he has both one mounted on a tripod and then another handheld, right? He's using two, or is he putting it back on and off? Oh, I, I think he was I, putting it on the okay. tripod. But he was taking so many photos from, like, I don't know, maybe a foot from her face, I was like, he's, he's going to get that film back, and it's all just going to be, like, close-ups of, like, half of a fit. Maybe that's what oh, the magazine yeah, yeah. wants. He wasn't, like, it, there was not a believable amount of distance. I questioned the photography work on it. Um, well, I mean, for a guy who's like, I read in a magazine that I can enter this contest. Yeah. Like, so I decided today I was going to take the photos. I mean, that was realistic <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. Uh, the thing ends with him, like, getting a glass top coffee table, and he's going, he, like, lays under it. At, thir- at first, I was like, is he going to be doing, like, the first ever upskirt shot? Like, is that what he's going to trick her into doing? Oh, boo. I know, I don't want that. <laughs> but the, the whole, th- the whole sketch up to that point has him, been him tricking her and, while, like, to getting photos of her candid photos. Right. Like, hey, go, uh, pick up that stuff, and then taking a photo of her picking something up, and, like... Sneaking around and getting a photo. So I was like, oh, God, is why is he under a glass coffee table? She's wearing a skirt. It's going to be bad. And now Did, he just wants to take a photo of a fly when it lands on the coffee table. Yeah. Which, like, well, that was funny by itself. For it. It's like, he's like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on here for a fly to land. Uh, and then she's like, I'm going to go open the door. Maybe I better open the screen doors and let some in. Elizabeth, don't be ridiculous. Elizabeth, don't let any flies in this house. We've got enough. 
Elizabeth, come back here. We've got enough flies. Like this level of hygiene where it's like, there's, I guess that's one of the things, right? Like people don't think about like, oh, in the 50s, yeah, you would just have a certain number of flies, I just guess. around. Like, just... There used to be more flies back then, but that's not one of the things people talk about when I say good only, old days. I haven't had a fly in my apartment in a very long time. I can't say that I haven't in a long time, but I've definitely not ever thought that, like, I want to, like, I've never had so many that I'm like, I'm going to wait for one to land here and then be like, oh, we don't need any more. We, yeah, I know we have plenty. Yeah, we've got plenty of our own. Uh, the, but there's a really, she then goes and gets, like, a can of Cool Whip, right? Or, yeah. yeah, and, like, sprays the it on the cream. thing. Whipped cream. Yeah. Which is fun. That was a fun, like, physical thing. And also, I was like, oh, they had aerosol cans at that point. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> another thing of watching a 50 show is, like, I actually don't know what is anachronistic or, like, what they had back then. So it's like, cool, I now know they had those in 1953. Do you think, to go back to the candid shot thing, did that read as, like, I don't know, racy to you? Like he was trying to get a shot of her butt, or did you? Well, I kept. That's what I kept expecting because that's what a show would be like now. Like bend over, and then he'll like get a you know picture of her boobs hanging out or whatever. But that he never got those. He just literally wanted to get photos of her like moving. Yeah, like it did seem kind of like a like a stage thing, or like like a, just a, just an excuse to sort of have people move around and, and be yeah. in poses, right? I like, mean, cameras might like cameras might have been so newly introduced into like home life that maybe they didn't maybe it wasn't as prevalent to like take dirty photos of people against their will no i, well, I, just, I, just, I mean i here's the thing right especially in 1954 i don't think that would be right this is like the air like that would just not even be wouldn't even come across their brain yeah or at least like that's not what you're trying to do like especially this show wasn't even trying to be titillating right oh no exactly like Mo- like modern shows would definitely be going that route and we're watching with a modern point of view so i was always waiting for them to make that joke but then like the show is not even attempting to make those jokes it those jokes are not even on the writer's radar because why would they be that's tasteless like that's rude you know yeah yeah yeah. you wouldn't do that yeah no so it's it, weird watching a show that is just like not even thinking about the thing you're worried about yeah i think i think it just amounts to alvin not really knowing what Makes a good candid shot. No, yeah, <laughs> just waiting for someone to be someone picking. picking up a flashbulb. It's yeah. such a oh, magazine worthy photos of grapefruit in bowl. Uh, and then the thing ends with him like first of all, for some reason they have a whole lot of just water glasses just on a table. They have at least three. Well, I mean, it's all props for the for the. Oh yeah, but just like in the reality of life with Elizabeth, Alvin and Elizabeth need three glasses of half. So anyway, he she holds both in her hands, and then he puts like another one. That's a good trick. Yeah. No, no. What usually you do is you dare some you you say to somebody that you can like put down these glasses of water where they can't move them, and they're like, "What do you? Do? Of course I can." And then you put the glasses on top of their hands. Yeah. And then they can't move the if they move their hands, they knock over the glasses of water. Yeah. So that was an interesting variation because she was standing up, so she had one glass in each hand, and then he he basically pinned the other. If you hold your hands, I guess we got to describe this, right? If you hold your hands out vertically, or yeah, hold your hands out and you sort of pinch the the third glass in between your arms. Yeah, is what is what he did. It was a good load. That was the button. Yeah, and then it ended with the show's catchphrase, which I looked up, and that is what it is. Is the announcer? Because there's a lot of fourth wall breaking. The announcer, like Alvy leaves, Al, Alvin, whatever, he leaves, and Elizabeth is standing there with all the water. And the announcer from off stage is like, Elizabeth, aren't you ashamed? <laughs> and then she like, like a little stinker, like, mm-mm, like shakes her head. No, I'm not. 
And apparently that's how she ends a lot of the uh, Yeah, it wasn't all, the other two didn't end the episode, other right? two did not, but the Wikipedia notes that's like a thing she does in every episode. Yeah. That feels that feels like a thing that doesn't uh, that doesn't sound right to me. It sounds now. way too judgy. It's like, what should she be ashamed of? She was yeah. just, like, having a good time with her husband. Yeah. Well, Who, I mean, right, the idea is that, like, he was taking photos and she was, like, kind of... Uh, being a little stinker? Yeah. But, like, in that particular one, not not to much of an extreme. And no. It ends with him playing a prank on her. So. Yeah, not to be ashamed. Jeez. So then we get the second one, which is the one... Is this, like, them... Her helping him get ready for work, like her doing all of her morning chores, while he goes off to work. Well, the theme is this is right after the honeymoon. Yes, when, when the honeymoon ends. When the uh, yes, all the uh, what was it? It's like when you when the husband starts to notice the burnt toast. When the when the bloom goes off the rose or whatever. Yeah, and uh, so it's like, and then yeah, the joke was she's everything's like, horrible, bad at. Well, specifically, it's like uh, everything's bad, wet. Bad at yeah, basically everything's, first, everything's wet is the first one. Well, she like she, she ironed his shirt, uh, but it was still wet. Yeah, uh, and then she made uh, what the socks were still wet because the heater wasn't on. I was not into seeing nineteen fifty three wet socks. <laughs> a close up of them on like... the feet. It just looked like like a fucking like boggy creek monster. Like it was gross. It was not that bad. I just I don't like. Ugh, wet, don't like I don't like wet socks. Wet feet? No, like wet feet are, like wet bare feet are fine, but like wet socks, it's just like so gross to it's me. It's not a good feeling. It is it's funny not to a good think feeling. he took the socks off the radiator, they were still wet, and then put them on, and then squished around in the moon. Yeah, like, like he did huh. Uh, right, what else? Uh, but then she... Uh, I also, I noted that Liz's mom is also feeling herself <laughs> in this... Because she's like, well, oh, God, I can't remember what the joke, but she gets in a burn on Al by, like, via his phone. collar. his collar. He says to tell you, the, co- the collar's still damp, too. <laughs> Mama. What'd she say? She goes, that's because you're still wet behind you. <laughs> Boom! Man, that's where Elizabeth gets it from. These are all really great, like, 1950s housewife <laughs> burns. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, oh, it's at this point that I noted, this is a show about nothing. All three of these bits are about nothing. Mm. They're very, like, and that's not a bad thing, yeah. as Seinfeld taught us. But also, Seinfeld wasn't an original idea, because this was also about nothing, and they knew it. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. But yeah, like, the whole thing of this one is just hijinks while getting ready, getting Alvy. I keep calling him like Alvy. Alvin is going off to work. Uh, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I really like the end bit of like pour me some black coffee and she pours it and it's just water, or it's a clear liquid. I'm assuming it's like water. She forgot to. Yeah, she said she forgot to put the heat on. Yeah, it. that's fun. That's a, like and then yeah. No, that and, wasn't the end of that bit. No, the, the end. end was, the end was a twist. Oh wait, what was? Oh yes, the end of it was a <laughs> twist. It was a Twilight Zone. Rod Serling. It really was a Twilight Zone. Because they because um, he's he's. Late for work, and he hasn't had breakfast because nothing's prepared, and he's ready to go, and he needs a tie. And then she goes next door. He she, all the ties with the cleaner. She goes next door to get a tie, and she comes back, and he's like, "Where are the tie?" And then she's like, "The neighbors were just leaving for church," and then she picks up a newspaper. It's actually Sunday, <laughs> and then they take off their faces and they're alien pigs. Well, except for that part. Actually, though, the the, the newspaper—I didn't even think about it at the time. But the newspaper is kind of interesting because it's like that wasn't like it wouldn't be necessary, right? It's just like a visual thing to be like proof. Like, what does it mean yeah. to show somebody the date? 
It yes. means to hold up a newspaper. Yeah. So yeah, that was the twist ending of that one. Oh, I also noted that apparently his nickname for her is Lamsey. He calls her Lamsey at Aww. one point. That's a that's an extreme nickname, I would say. I don't like that. You don't like <laughs> I don't like Lamsey. You know what? That's nicknames are not about they're not about me. They're not about my judging. I want my them. husband calling me Lamsey. I'll say that. Well, that, you're not. I don't think you <laughs> want to. Ask for it. I don't want it. <laughs> so the third uh, sketch is. I feel like this one might be my favorite of the three. They I, were all very different. The I wrote down for the last one: feel no evil, see no evil, hear no evil. Yeah, basically that's it. Right. So you had three characters, which each had an impairment. <laughs> Alvin gets credit for being the only one who was not in denial. Yeah, about it. he knew that he uh, had just gotten back from the... But he, he knew that he had it, but he still oh, he never still knew did. when he, still, he was doing it. Well, yeah, yeah, he still was he doing still, the yeah. comedy. But, but like, he was acknowledging, yes, I cannot feel anything in my face. But then he still thought everything he was doing with his face was totally, right. like, right. So Alvin's Alvin's on some real powerful Novocaine, which not only numbs your pain receptors, but also messes with your perception so that yeah. you can't hold up a phone and aim it right at yeah. your face. Yep. Which... Like, maybe Novocaine was, like, super strong in the 50s. <laughs> really hallucinogenic. Uh, it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Psychotropic Novocaine. Yeah. And then... My favorite band. Uh, then special guest, uh, Mrs. Skinridge. Chloe Skinridge! Who had just come from the doctor uh, and had eye, eye drops. Yeah. Eye, eye yeah, so they she couldn't see. Dilated as hell she couldn't right. see. And then... <laughs> this is the most far-fetched one, I thought. It's because Chloe comes over, she's like, where's Elizabeth? And he's like, oh, she won a contest to go flying in an airplane. And that's how her hearing is kind of messed up. Yeah, because she comes back, and they, like, talk for a little bit, and then, like, did it mess with your ears? And she's like, no, I'm fine. Can you answer the phone? And I'm like, that's what's like, oh, okay, so her hearing's messed up. That's what... That was actually interesting that, like, Mrs., like they're like, 30,000 feet, didn't that, like, mess with your ears? And then Mrs. Selford just like, my golly, my ears start ringing when I just go up a flight of stairs. Yeah. And they're all like, ha, ha, ha. But that, and like, at the time, it was like, well, that's real dumb. And they're laughing a lot for not really that good of a joke. <laughs> Is that even a joke? And no, and that turns out to be, like, the thing to inform. That's, yeah. like, in, that's a crucial exposition. Because then, like, yeah, then then uh, Elizabeth is, like, hearing the phone ring. Or the kettle, or other things. Yeah, or everything. Time. And I, I feel, I, I loved Betty White's performance in this one. Because uh, I think that she was... Oh, Betty White is so fucking good. That she was doing so much of still playing high status. Mm-hmm. While doing, like, all the low status jokes along with... Because, like, Chloe Sefferidge, Skinridge is old as hell. Like, she's... A, I, I was thinking in my head, like, this actress was probably born in the 1870s. You know, like, 1880s. Ooh. This is 1953. She looks at least minimum 70. Can we find that out? Maybe. Um, so it's like, she looks so old. So therefore, there's like a level of, like, she's playing like that typical, like, old woman that you, like, pity a little. Like, the jokes are in pity. She's a little bit younger than you thought. Okay. Miss Lowy Bridge was born on October 16th, 1889. 1889. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, USA. Cool. And then Al Alvin is playing, he's also very high status, but he's just like not as engaging of a performer, I guess. Like, he's fine. But Betty White is doing, she's doing double duty of like, she's coming in and she's like trying, she's also like playing high status to the other two of like helping them like, 
you know, calling out everything they're doing wrong. And then she's also sneaking in all these little, like, can you get the phone? It's, like, really a layered thing that I think is really cool. Yeah. She's, no. like, she's throwing off all of her low-status jokes in a high-status voice, which is really cool. Yeah. No, that was fun because you had the three people. That was, like, a good... There was just a lot of activity, right? Because, like, yeah. at any given moment, one of them is... Like, one of them is doing the thing. Mrs. Skinner is, like picking up the desk thing and thinking it's the phone or actually when they when the coffee came out right that was perfect where it's like pour the sugar take the thing away from her yeah take the thing. like it was a lot like it, that it, improv... lent, it lent itself to like a lot of busy like activity which is fun yeah. to watch it was a lot like that improv game of like sit down lean and stand yeah, yeah. up where like you one person has to be sitting leaning or standing at any point mm-hmm. um i will say when the coffee came out i said earlier this is a very low stakes show when the hot coffee came out, I was having an internal, like, freak out. Because I hate hot beverages. I think, like, Adult Swim has, like, ruined you. Like, you're bracing yourself for the Adult Swim version of or this. Or, like, the Mick where or it's something. Like, where I'm, like, they're where all going like, to burn themselves. It's, like, super... No, that's the thing, right? Where it's, like, you have, like, the first half of it is, like, super pleasant and low-key. And then all of a sudden, something horrific happens. Yeah. It's the Mick on Fox. Everyone yeah. should watch the Mick. It's yeah. great. But this is 1953. And they and... don't do that. Like, there's no, like, scalding tongue jokes or anything. No. I was expecting, like, you're bringing out a hot beverage and people cannot see or hear <laughs> or feel anything. I was like, expecting him to start just downing coffee and it, like, scalding. Yeah, I was actually expecting God. him to sort of, like, blah, 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 everywhere. And it didn't really do that. It was no, mostly yeah. it was mostly about him failing to aim it. Aim it, yeah. And then, then the blind person, or Miss Self Skinridge, was just, like, spoonfuls of sugar just, like, on the lap or whatever. Like, it's all it was, it was like in that, like, planter or something. Yeah. She was drinking out of that no that was fun it was so dumb but it's in, in a good way like i like that so dumb stuff yeah um and no. then uh-huh uh well i was gonna say like the end of the episode uh ends like we said earlier with like <laughs> more fourth wall breaking say goodbye to the people Goodbye, everybody. Can you imagine when she Stop laughing for a second and say goodnight to everybody. Yeah. Oh, they're like, oh, sorry. It's like, yeah. And then, yeah, everything ends. Uh, so, like, my overall note for the thing was, like, it, it, uh, it's, uh, trying not to sound like an asshole or anything. It was just bored. You are bored? Did you enjoy it at all? I, as a curiosity, I think it is fascinating, especially to see what a sitcom could have been. Like, what it also was in 1953. Because mm-hmm. uh, before we... Because we started really quickly hammering down rules. I Love Lucy set this ground rule. Like, it set the foundation. And then the Dick Van Dyke show, like, added on more stuff to it. And then, like, it's like the sitcoms we have now are these, like, very clear... There's a lineage you can trace back. Mm-hmm. And this is... It's almost like a, what, Cro-Magnon? Like, it's like... Is it, no, Neanderthal. It's like the normal lineage of people. And then there's this other offshoot that was, like, there at the same time, but they kind of died off. I don't know though. It's not because but you this could became see... this became different things. This became like more sketch comedy. This, no, more... totally, this was totally sketches. I mean, yeah. it, it had the feeling of the sketches you would see in a variety show, right? Right. It was just this weird, like the thing that makes it from that end. If you were doing a show, if Brett, if you were doing a podcast about mm-hmm. sketch comedy shows, right? You want to do and this. you watch this, right? You'd say, "Oh, this is this weird sketch comedy show." Right. Where yeah, you yeah. have the same characters each time. Because that is the thing that And it's sort it. of vaguely like a sitcom. That's the thing that makes it feel more like a sitcom is the fact that it is ostensibly about, like, well, it's about this married couple and, like, the, fir- the, the premise on Wikipedia is that the first years of their marriage. Yeah. And I guess since it only lasted three, and then they canceled the show and the marriage, so, like, you know, it doesn't end well. What was it again? They, like... <laughs> Dumont canceled the network and the show and the marriage. I, I liked it a lot. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like the whole thing... I don't think it's bad at all. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it was very, it was, much... very it was aggressively pleasant. Yeah. Right? Right from the harp at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> was the harp at the end of the mood. The joke, like, none of the jokes, they, they, it, actually the weird, it had this like, there was kind of a mean edge. Uh, actually, again, it's like a language thing, right? Like in the first one, yeah. Alvin calls her, an, just straight up, is like, you're an idiot. And then, oh, right, But yeah. then she's like, well, I have to talk like an idiot, so you'll understand me. Right. And then they're all smiles about it. And it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel, like, it's kind of jarring. That word feels like a more harsh insult. And I don't know, maybe it wasn't as much. Um, but, like, yeah. actually, I gotta, also the other thing is, as it went, as it went on, I got, I was kind of digging Alvin more. Because at first he's, like, kind of, he's, he's, he's dull and, or whatever, right? He's, like. He's really frumpy in the first one. He's frumpy and he doesn't laugh much. Yeah. And he's, yeah, and like, but like, he was a really good straight man foil for her. Uh, and honestly, I think, I don't know, maybe if he wasn't, I don't know, if he was like also laughing along, then maybe the, you, as you watch the show, yes. you just feel like, I really hate this obnoxious couple that's like sitting next to me and won't shut up at the <laughs> Starbucks, right? Like, like the fact that like, she would like, yeah, like Elizabeth is making the jokes and giggling to herself, and Alvin is sort of like, Ugh, just let me take these photos. Uh, but he's not mean. Like, I think actually, what's interesting, like the second one, right, with the with the um, getting newspaper, ready for it, yeah, yeah, but with the newspaper thing, right? So you had real stakes there, which is like he's trying to get to work and he's yeah, late, yeah, 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 and everything's gone wrong. And like, I guess the point is like the other, I guess the other Dumont show, right? Is where that would end with Ralph Cramden being like, I'm gonna punch you in the face. One of these days, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Right? Oh and like, yeah. that like that was actually kind of a nice move at the end to like just deflate the whole thing. I know, they hug. Like, oh, it's. Right? They're like, they're yeah, like, yeah, oh, she's like, great. It's, they're, it's they, Sunday, and it's like, oh, okay. It's a bit of laughing, which yeah, is really sweet. Which is really nice. And I think that's, that's actually like, I think, a key thing of the show, right? Which is that like, they set it up for him to get really. I, in the first one, too. The third one, they have a third person, so it messes it up. But in both of them, actually, Alvin is aggravated and not really, like, she's joking around. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he doesn't seem like he's losing his temper, but he'd have every right to be. And in the very end, it, like, deflates it. And, like, so in the second like in the second one, the newspaper is Sunday. You don't have to go to work. Ha ha. Okay. All this, you know. We're good. The first, even the first one, right, he... He gets back at her by pulling a prank and like having her hold the glasses and leaves. So like he gets his come up, you know, he gets to 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 do that and go. Um, so I actually think, yeah, even though he's not, it's that thing where it's like, oh yeah, he's like you you don't want to like him because he's the yeah he's, the old stick in the mud. He's a good but complimentary a, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they have a really good act together. Uh, so I mean, do we want to talk? I mean, like I of course we should talk about Betty White. If mm-hmm. you want to address your Betty White elephant in the room, what elephant? I just well, said, you said that you've not you've not really seen much of her, so therefore I not. just feel like everyone gushes about her, and I'm like, eh, she's she's nice. So here, but I but I don't I don't think it's bad. I right. don't. I just I'm just like I just said, Brett. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that crazy. I don't know. I feel like bad that I'm taking space away from someone who would be super super excited to be here no 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 That's well you all. gave me the but dvd I you, but i don't just um, i do not dislike her by any means she's no, like, great she's I, fantastic you know, right but ha- but you've never seen her on mary tyler moore or match game no 
but you have seen her in Life with Elizabeth, so you <laughs> you mean you have you have a one up on a lot of other Betty White fans, I would say. Yeah, because this is not a show that is widely seen. Well, yeah, I've, I've just I'm really into her early stuff. I think, right, like, really <laughs> after she, yeah, you know. I, uh, the thing that I think that is so great about her, which you can see in this, is she's really really good at playing every type of character. She's one of the most versatile comedic actors I have ever seen. And the proof is all there in these, like, iconic TV shows. Uh, like, on this, she's playing a very, like, witty housewife. Yeah. Like, very on the ball, loves a good one-liner, you know. She's that. On Mary Tyler Moore show, they cast her as basically a, a fucking, like, a vixen. She's kind. She is kind of a sociopath sex fiend. Okay. <laughs> On Mary Tyler Moore show, she's Sue Ann Nivens, the happy homemaker, and she comes into every scene, reads everyone for filth, flirts with Lou Grant like nobody's business, and then like takes another man home, and that's her. It's it's so great. And then on Golden Girls, she's neither of those. She's like sweet, naive, dim-witted. And, like, wholesome to a T. So she has these... The fact that she can play all these roles... And I think the super interesting in between Mary Tyler Moore and Golden Girls is when they were casting Golden Girls, they had her read for Blanche. They had her cast as Blanche. Hmm. Because that's the character she played on Mary Tyler Moore. Mm -hmm. And they had Rue McClanahan cast as Rose because she played naive and sweet on Maude. Mm Mm-hmm. And when they did, like, the reading, Betty and Rue were like, we kind of want to trade because we don't ever get to play those characters. And now when you think about Betty White and Rue McClanahan, you think of them as, like, Betty White is, like, naive and sweet, Rue McClanahan. It's so interesting to me that they are such great actors that they could change the public perception of what they were able to do, like, so thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Usually actors get boxed in into, like, one thing and you know them, like, Tom Tom Cruise runs. Yeah. He's the running Scientologist. Um <laughs> And that's why I love Betty White, is that every single time she's given a chance, she is so game to reintroduce herself and, like, take on... I mean, she was also on Hot in Cleveland, a show that I haven't seen enough of, so I actually don't know what character she played on there. I bet it was probably super different than the other ones. Yeah, so... The trivia section! Betty White in Life with Elizabeth. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
So the ranking, so again, this is all for 1954 because I thought this episode was for 1954, whatever. So the top five shows of 1954 were, number five, The Toast of the Town. Hmm? Okay. Four, You Bet Your Life. Oh. Three, Dragnet. Okay. Two, The Jackie Gleason Show. And number one was I Love Lucy. This show, I don't know what the ratings were because it was either it was either on Dumont or syndicated, and so if it wasn't in the top thirty, it isn't. It was not in the top thirty, or if it was syndicated, which is what Wikipedia says. I don't know if they could record syndicated ratings back then. I mean, it would be a lot of math. Well, when did Nielsen start doing the diary? No, Nielsen. Oh, I mean, Nielsen's doing it because I think these are Nielsen ratings. Okay. So I guess I don't know. Yeah, but they probably wouldn't. Um. Yeah, if they're not even bothering to. So, on IMDb, 152 users rated the entire series a 7.2. Do you think that's too high? Would you go lower? Well, having not seen the entire series... Yeah, this is a harder one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, mean, it's a lot... It's a weird... you got to put it in the context. Yeah, how do you judge every show against others? It's ridiculous. But I think... No, I don't know. I I enjoyed it for what it was, and it was very... Again, aggressively pleasant... You know what? This has the potential to to take uh, to knock from its pedestal the Great British Baking Show oh, as ooh. the show that everyone says is really nice to watch when you really just want something soothing. Probably not actually. Now that I think about it, but like, but but I I would say yeah. If you're really into the if you're really into the Great British British Baking Show, because you want <laughs> you want your you want to watch something that's not too controversial and very pleasant i would say yeah, yeah. If so you want some if you so want like so seven stars at least for that good category <laughs> so the reason that no one has seen this show and that it fell off of the radar is because and this is me reading from wikipedia again after 65 episodes the series production company guild films chose to cancel the series while the series was still popular with audiences guild films decided that too many new episodes of life with elizabeth would oversaturate secondary markets thus making the series less profitable in second run syndication so the show was too successful to continue in a weird like wait do you understand that because i'm not sure i do well i think back then well, there's a... What was the bit about second, in second run syndication? What, do you, what does that mean? Like, so, you know, when a show is done, when, it, like, <clears> the <throat> Magic 100, you know, later on, they would realize 100 episodes is what they wanted to hit. Yeah. They can then sell it the secondary and keep it going. Um, so, wait, so primary syndication is like uh, like Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, where it's yeah like, I think It's so. not on a network to right. start with. It starts in syndication. Yeah. and But it's like one episode a week. Yeah. And then secondary syndication is when it's like... Five nights a week. Five nights, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, but at the time, I feel like they were operating under that scarcity rule of like, you know, like mm-hmm. if a comic book, you know, a comic book sells 12 million copies and everyone's like, ooh, it must be worth a lot. And it's like, well, actually, no, because the more of something there is, the less valuable it is. Yeah. If you, yeah. So I think that back then they thought that, no, we can't, we shouldn't have so many. Cancel it. It'll make it, people, I don't know, people will get tired of it. Maybe. It makes no sense. Because hmm. the fact that they say like the show was still successful and it did 65 episodes and they're like, nah, we're good. Weird. Um, who would you say had the must-see performance of the episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I think because everyone's going to say that Betty White was is great and she is. She's a treasure. <laughs> yeah, uh, bringing you around. I'm going to... No, no. I'm not... I was never <laughs> against her. I was just saying. I'm not like... <laughs> 
Oh, geez. Now I'm going to get hate mail because of this. <laughs> uh, no, but I got I to gotta give a shout out for Alvin for doing the hard work of being the uh, stick in the mud, sourpuss straight man. And still getting some across, jokes in. Yeah, and across from, uh, across from Betty White. One of the greatest actors of all time. And that's why Betty White is my MSP. <laughs> Obviously. Must other people see this episode? Should, should we just give an honorable mention to the only other two people? Yeah. Oh my God. This is like the, sorry, Jack Nars. <laughs> yeah, and... Jack. <laughs> Actress that played Chloe Skin Skinflint Skinridge. Skinridge. God, such a gross name. What a lovely, what a lovely. Name. Must other people see this episode if they can find it on a dollar store DVD? I. It's definitely worth a dollar. Oh wait, so you paid an I, actual dollar for this, I or mean, was it one of those dollar stores where it was actually like three dollars? And it's like, well, why you called a dollar store? It might have been three. I forget now, but like, Fine. it definitely wasn't. It wasn't five. Right. Maybe it was five. I don't remember. I think it's it's the, if you are. I'm tr- I'm looking at it and trying to think like how good of a friend do I think of Brett? <laughs> how much was I willing to spend on it? Same as a Hershey bar. Uh, I I think that if you were as into this podcast, even at five dollars, it's a, that's that's a less than dollar per episode right? value. And if you count by sketch, Jeez, you're getting such nine sketch. Wait, no, six. Uh, six times three. It's eighteen. You're getting eighteen sketches. For five bucks. In incidents. 18, 18 incidents, incidents in the life of Elizabeth. <laughs> really, I don't think there is a better value for money right. uh, in this day and age. <laughs> See, if you can find it. It's a, it's an interesting uh, historical artifact. I definitely think so. So now we're going to pull from the great TV sitcom book and discuss one of the short-lived wonders contained therein. Uh, this is the Great TV Sitcom Book by Rick Mitz, published in 1983, the expanded edition, which means it goes to 1983. For context, this expanded edition ends right as Cheers is beginning. <laughs> so that's how out of date it is. Uh, and as I said earlier, Rick Mitz has a personality, so there's a little bit of funky flair in all these write-ups. So I'm going to flip, and just tell me when to stop, and uh, we will then read one. Stop. Okay, so do you want to hear about <clears throat> the Betty Hutton show, the Dennis O'Keefe show, Dennis the Menace, Fibber McGee and Molly? Hmm. Well, I've heard of some of those, but I feel like, I mean, it can't be coincidence that we landed on another Betty. Oh, Betty Hutton show? Right. Boom, boom. So this is from the 1959 to 1960 TV season, the Betty Hutton show. Goldie Appleby, played by Betty Hutton, is a lowly but outspoken New York manicurist whose claim to fame as a one-time career as a showgirl. Then one day she files the nails of a lonely but wealthy Mr. Strickland. She accepts his invitation to dinner, then he dies. And soon, inexplicably, she finds herself the beneficiary of his will and executrix of his $60 million estate and guardian of his three orphan children. <laughs> Episodes of this CBS uh, series dealt with the problems faced by Goldie, the bewildered new director of the Strickland Foundation. Not at all. Not all the complications of incredible wealth are fun during the show's two seasons. I, if this were, if I was listening to this podcast, I would now rewind and listen to that again to try to follow what happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's a manicurist who was once a showgirl. She's, she's. <laughs> filing the nails of Mr. Strickland. So I guess in 1959, males went, got mani-pedis a lot more. 
It wasn't as... Or at least Mr. Strickland. Mr. Strickland did. I got Mr. Strickland. Fierce. Take care of yourself. So they go on a They go date, on a date? And okay. then he died perhaps on the date, but... Perhaps in the... Does it say that? Or well, just... it says, like, invitation to dinner. Then he dies. And soon, inexplicably, she finds herself the beneficiary of his will. <laughs> I love that inexplicably is a great thing to put in your explanation. It's like, hey, I can't figure it out either. <laughs> Also, also, Executrix. I love that's that's wonderful. That's uh... so to bring it like this is again, this is the Mick. I keep bringing that up. It's a great show on Fox starring Caitlin Olsen, but that's another show where like she, like, is a down and out like lower. I don't know lower class. I don't know. I don't know how lower class Goldie Appleby is, but she's in over her head in charge of like wealth and three orphan children. So that's what this is, I guess, except she was a manicurist slash showgirl and is also running a company. So that's a, that's another wrinkle. Hmm. Only lasted two seasons. I wonder, I feel like that's, I don't know, I'm making a wild guess, right? But that's the sort of thing you can give, a, you give the, uh, the character that background so that, like, in the show you can just sort of throw in, like, oh, well, one time I had this weird job and yeah. that will inform my experience in doing this thing that just came up. This is a fun thing to then pull jokes from. Like, that's, no, but that's like a good character yeah. thing, right? Where you're like, oh, yeah, I, I have all these odd jobs, all red, like, uh, Phoebe and Friends did that, right? Right, yeah, because she had the crazy pass of, like, being homeless, uh, being homeless. But I'm <laughs> saying, like, anytime you needed a character to be like, Oh, I totally know someone who does this, or I totally did this thing before. Yeah, it had it could be her because she believably had this crazy resume. Oh, poor Betty Hutton! In your two seasons of show, I had a thought while you were reading that, which is that because it's always seemed weird to me that you would have shows like the Betty Hutton show, where the where that name is the actress or the yeah. actor, and the character like it's not about Betty Hutton; it's she's playing a character. And the show is about a, it's just other th- other people. Yeah, it's everything. Um, that went out of fashion recently because we don't. There aren't many the, like the name shows anymore. The last one I can think of, like the Drew Carey show, is maybe is that the last one? Because his name is not his character. Uh, his name, name on the show, I think, is Drew Carey. But that naming can like drew some because it's because it's a honestly like I'm, uh, Whitney comes to mind because Whitney Cummings had a show, but her name on the show was Whitney, right? Was Whitney something else? Right. Yeah. So they yeah, so they're skating and bat around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I but I wonder if there's something there about like, you know, you go to see. Are you watching the performer? Are you I going mean, to see a performer and you don't and like the, the what they're doing is like incidental. Uh. I don't know. This is that's this is too much no, but of a I think, thing for, I think for that, the end of the episode. Yeah, but... his, he played Drew Carey on the show. Yeah, but I think that um, at the time you are banking on the name of the person because, like, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm just saying, like, there's something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't. Let's. Yeah, I don't want to open that can of worms. I don't know who Betty Hutton was in 1959 in order to deserve a show. Uh, <laughs> who the fuck was she? Who does she think she is? Ask for she was an American stage, film, and television actress, <laughs> comedian, dancer, and singer. Well, Brett, and then she was uh, giving a manicure to a producer, and what? they went on a date, and inexplicably, she had her own show. Um, <laughs> she was in movies. We just said it, but I gotta say it again. I love 
in the middle of an explanation just being like, and then inexplicably, and just get on to the end. It's, it's kind of like a yada, yada, yada. Inexplicably is a yada, yada, yada. But literally, inexplicably means, like, I don't have an explanation for yeah. this. So, yeah, thank you so much for uh, buying this DVD, funding this episode, bankrolling the whole thing. Happy to. Giving an experience to everyone. Happy to support the arts. Yes, and the dollar stores around Florida? Pennsylvania? I think I got New this York? in Queens. Oh, Queens. Locally grown. Oh, wow. I should have written stuff. It was a, it was a while Locally ago. grown DVD. Uh, where can people find you online if they want to talk about how great Betty White is? Uh, ben Zato on Twitter and other things. Everywhere. That's my. I've, I've had pretty good pretty good luck and that username everywhere. So. Yes. Thank also, you. also Twitch and Ooh. Uh, uh, Keybase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, GitHub. What about uh, Peach? I don't know what that is. That was one for a little bit. Oh, I don't. I don't have that. Uh, doesn't. Now I think of register as someone else. Mastodon. Will. Is that a thing? No. Yeah, that's that's Twitter for non-Twitter users or something. Uh, Listen, I don't know. You know what? Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Ben Rigi for dropping by and talking about life with Elizabeth with me this week. Next week on the show, I will be discussing the taxi episode, Latka's Cookies. Latka's Cookies is in Season 3. It is Episode 8, and you can stream Taxi on Hulu, except for this episode, which you'll have to try to track down. Maybe on DVD, maybe somewhere else. Maybe someone has an old VHS recording of it, or I don't know. I'm sorry. It's a really good episode. I wish it was on Hulu. But you know what? I, I do I do what I can. We'll be talking about that next week. Until then, I want to hear from all of y'all. Please tweet your questions about sitcoms to at musthaveseentv, or you can send them to musthaveseentv at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at musthaveseentv. And if you like what you've heard, go on and leave a review on iTunes. If you write a review, I will read your review on the show. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by the Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting this podcast. Thanks to all of y'all for listening, and I'll see you next week on Must Have Seen TV. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.